Matthew chapter 23. I challenge this church this morning and I want to remind you tonight, this coming week, I would urge you to get your Bibles down and reread the story, reread the passages of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that deal with Christ's passion and his Gethsemane experience and Calvary and that wonderful Easter morning, I would challenge you to do that. I, I believe that your worship will be affected by it. Your life will be affected by that when you begin to realize just what the Lord has done. For just a few moments, and I will not be lengthy tonight, but let me share with you something the Lord has been dealing with me about for some time I'm going to give it to you tonight. Matthew 23, verse number 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit you here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, Except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again. Everybody say again. He found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Verse 45. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Verse 41, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. My subject tonight for just a few moments is a margin for error. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The setting of our text is quite familiar to anyone who has read the Bible. It is the Garden of Gethsemane. And it is a very, very special time for Jesus and his disciples. He had brought them here for a purpose. He brought them with him for a reason. 
They were not there as a pleasure trip, but there was something about to take place that he needed them. He needed their help. He needed their encouragement. He needed their assistance. He needed them to stand with him. And so he brought them to this place for this moment to pray with him, to linger with him while he struggled through all of the issues of the flesh and the will of God that was before him. He was looking for, for their support. I am, I am beyond question about that. I do not believe that he brought them there for them just to nap while he prayed. I believe he brought them there because he was looking for and needing their support. There were many things that they could not do for him. They could not pray the prayer that he was going to have to pray. They certainly could not do what he was going to have to do over the next few hours. But they could watch with him and they could pray. And yet in this crucial hour, those that he counted on the most let him down. They failed. They were unfaithful. They were in many ways unthankful. When you consider all that he had done for them over a three and a half years period of time, the amount of energy that he had invested in these men, the hours that he had spent walking by the highway and talking with them about his kingdom, surely if anybody should understand, these men should understand. And yet they failed him. After all that he had done for them, and now this is how they say thanks. It was not their finest hour, and Jesus knew that. He was understanding enough to know that at this particular moment, these men were not at their best. They were not as they could be or even should be. And so he made room for that. In a blinding flash of their own weakness, it is revealed the unfaithfulness of that hour. We can tell by his words that he expected more, for he asked them the question, What? Could you not watch with me for just one hour? He expected more out of them than they had given. He expected them to do more than they had done. And evidently, even he was shocked by their behavior. Sleeping disciples. What an oxymoron. Weak disciples. What ingratitude. It was a grave offense for a century to be found sleeping at his post of duty. And in one sense, these men were just that. They were centuries that had come to watch with him. 
But not even for one hour could they be faithful to that. And their behavior was quite shocking. At that particular moment, I don't think anyone could have blamed Jesus if he had turned to these men and said, I am through with you. I don't think it would shock anybody if after such a dismal performance, Jesus had turned to these men and said, if this is how you're going to repay me, after all that I've done for you, I don't need you anymore. In such an hour, it would have been human for him to have cut them off, to write them off, and to do more than that, to say some harsh things, some mean things. It would have been easy for him to do what many of us often do in such hours. We give people a piece of our mind. We let them know how disappointed we are. We let them know how far they have fallen below our expectations. But in that hour, Jesus was so tender and he was so gentle. His his life that he had lived before them should have been enough. And when they deserved the harsh words... And they deserved whatever he might have said about them. He could have judged them any way he wanted to. Instead, he did something that forever changed their lives. Never was there to be a kinder allowance made for man than in that setting. For in an hour when men's souls and their destiny was in the balance... He acted toward them not in a vindictive way, but in a redemptive way. Love redeemed the hour. He made allowance for their weakness. He made room for their humanity. He made room for their failure. And in so doing, he gave them back something that they had lost. Not the hour. They could never recapture that opportunity. But he gave back to them a courage that had been lost when they were confronted with their own human weakness and failure. And he saved them that night from something that could have easily destroyed them. And he preserved them for a better day when their light would shine brighter and their courage would be stronger and they would be much bolder men. In an hour when they were not at their best and when they were not at the top of their game, he made room for them and he gave allowance for them that this is not always the way it's going to be. And you're not always going to act this way toward me. And I have confidence in you that better days are yet ahead. And in such an hour, Jesus speaks something that all of us need to be reminded of tonight. And we need to rehearse in our minds and in our own spirit. And that is that the spirit indeed is willing But, everybody say but. 
but the flesh is weak. There is something about every one of us, I think, that desires better than what we do. But many times we don't reach that goal. Unfortunately, sometimes around the church, it can be a really rough place to live if you're not careful. It's amazing how quickly we forget what it was like when we first showed up and what we needed when we came to the house of God. How easy it is to forget what kind of shape that we were in. We didn't need somebody to pull out an agenda and see if we measured up to all of our expectations or whether they were going to do everything that we needed them to do. What we needed is somebody whose arms were long enough and strong enough to reach out and get hold of me and say, Hey, I see something better in you than that failure, and I see something better in you than those mistakes, and I'm going to love you into the presence of God. In such an hour, the Lord speaks the most powerful truth that all of us need to be reminded of, and I come tonight to do that. And I might make somebody mad before I get through, but I hope you go home glad. We are all imperfect, every one of us. The best of us are flawed. The best among us are failures. Sometimes I am amazed at the arrogance of people They come around the church and they get in the church and they get to living for God for a little while and then when somebody else comes in that was in the same shape they were in and had the same problems they had, they're so quick to cut them off and not give them the time of day and isolate them and marginalize them. I'm here to tell somebody here tonight, you need to go back and understand what Jesus did for some disciples and what he has continually done for us through our life, and that is he made room for our mistakes. He made room for our failures. He made room for our shortcomings, and he did not cut me off just because I did not measure up to what I was capable of doing. There will always be defects in the human frame. That's not an excuse, and I'm certainly not here to excuse sin tonight. I'm not here to tell you that failure is okay. But I am here to tell you that you have come to a place where you can get over your failure. You can get past your mistakes. And I've come to tell somebody here tonight that there's a margin for error in this building that we're not expecting you to be perfect in every way. But I do want you to know that there's a love of God in this building that can help bring you to that place of perfection. There's a love of God in this place that can nurture you to a better place, that can make you become the man or the woman that God said you could become. Amen. There is room for error. We see the consummate handling of heaven toward these falling and failing men. The wrath that might have been unleashed was checked. I wonder how many of us still have a check valve in our life. (laughs) Some of you don't even know what that is. Some of you need to learn what a check valve is. I'm thankful that Jesus had a check valve that night. 
that when he looked around at those sleeping disciples, those men who had let him down, instead of him lashing out at them and saying all the things that he could have said and that were justified in the saying, instead he spoke to them something that would change their lives if they would allow it. And that is that your spirit may be willing, but there's a part of you you can never write off or discount, and that's your flesh. And so you've got to make sure that there's enough mercy in your life that can make up for the failures that will come to your life. And there's enough grace in your spiritual experience to make room for those that don't make the grade. I am thankful that that night, I am thankful that God's wrath was swallowed up in compassion that night. I am thankful that judgment was submerged in pity on that night. I am thankful that compassion took the place of condemnation. And on that night, love wove a garment of mercy to put around these cold and frail disciples. So may like grace be found in all of us. If there was ever an hour when this was needed, it is now. We need a patience, and we need a patient ministry. I realize that there are times when it's hard to make allowances for others. I understand that when people fail you, or when they hurt you, or when they cross you, or when they do something that irritates you, it's, it's human. It's human to want to cut them off or... It's human to want to retaliate. But Jesus taught us a far more important lesson that night. To trust someone again when they have failed is the greatest thing that you can do as a child of God. And to forgive in such an hour is what you are called on to do. Here is a warning against passing too hasty a judgment against anybody. You need to make sure that you're careful how quickly you fire off at somebody else. You don't ever know what they had to get through to get to church. I remember reading the story about a, a man who had been in the hospital for hours with his family. He had several small children. His wife had something happen and she was at the, at the point of death. He lingered there and the children were antsy as little children get. And they were, they were everywhere. They, they were climbing over seats and under seats and getting things and annoying people. And finally some puffed up, arrogant somebody that thought that parent wasn't doing what they ought to be doing. Finally spoke up and said, sir, can't you corral your kids? Not realizing that his children were getting on the nerves of those around him. He'd come out of the days. He realized where he was at and he said, oh, please forgive me. But their mother is on life support right now. And the doctor said she's not going to make it through the night. And I guess I just forgot where I was at. You know what we need around this place? is a little more mercy. Amen. We need a little more room for error. 
Say, Brother Hughes, aren't you afraid that the church will go down the tubes? No. I'm going to tell you what will happen. That margin of error that we make for people in our lives will actually turn around and it will produce in them something better. There's not one of those disciples that was there that night that heard Jesus say those words that wound up a failure. Judas had already left, but the ones that stayed, those that slept, every one of them would die a death for him. Most of them would die martyrs. Only one would die a natural death. And Jesus saw through the failure of that moment and realized what was on the inside of them and said, you know what? I know this in your best hour. I know you're not at the top of your game, but I'm going to make room for you and I'm going to make allowance for you because I see what you can become. Hallelujah. I, I'm just preaching tonight. We need to hesitate a long time before we write the word finished over anything. Praise God. Because I've seen a lot of finished things find resurrected life. In the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. My own oldest brother. 40 years away from God. If you had seen where Teddy had been in his lifetime. You probably would have written him off. But my mother never quit praying for him. And on a Mother's Day Sunday. After 40 years of having been written off by a multitude of people. He walked down an aisle and knelt in these altars. And God gloriously refilled him and baptized him afresh. Thank God for a margin for error. Amen. wonder tonight, and I know we've got visitors here, but you just have to bear with me. I wonder how many of you remember when you came to the church how much you needed the church. You remember what kind of condition you were in when you walked through those doors back there? Or maybe some other doors, a shopping center or some other place. Maybe not this church, another church. But when you came through those doors, what you needed. Amen. Aren't you thankful somebody had a margin of error for you? Aren't you thankful somebody said, oh, they're just troublemakers? You'd be shocked. I better—I shouldn't say this. You would be shocked at what some people have said to me as a pastor about certain people that come to our church. Some of you are nervous right now. It could have been you. You better watch them. You better pay attention to that. Amen. I'm thankful that we didn't listen to none of that. I'm thankful that we tried to make room for error and make room for people who were not at their best. And because we did, there's a lot of folks here tonight that wouldn't be in the church at all if it had not been for some love that was shown beyond your failure and your mistakes. You see, Jesus remembered some things that were important for that night. For one thing, it was past midnight. These men were tired. 
Do you know that the Lord understands when you get tired, humanly tired, and you're not doing the best that you can? Thank God he doesn't write us off when we get tired. Not only that, but there had been a great strain upon these disciples on this day. They they had felt a lot of pressure. They, they had heard so many things. Their mind was so jumbled up with what he had said to them about, I'm going away, I'm, I'm going to come back, All of the, I go to prepare a place for you. Their, their thoughts were so confused at what was going on and what he was trying to tell them and get them to understand. And the weight of that moment was pressing down on them so heavily they weren't even thinking in the right mind. Aren't you glad that when you weren't thinking in your right mind, there was a place you could come that had a room, that had margin, that had, had, had a place where mercy could play out and grace could play out. He realized the sorrow that consumed them in that moment and the burden of the unknown mysteries of tomorrow. What is it going to be like? And he made room. Flesh will fail. I already know that, but I've already tried to make room for that. As much as you count on it not to, flesh is going to fail you. But if there's room in your life for the imperfect, there will be a better day. Amen. I want to ask you tonight, church, can you give somebody a needed break? Do you have room in your life for their human frailness? Do you have room for error? Not gross sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the simple failures and weaknesses of the human flesh. Are you so rigid that when someone crosses you, that's it? Somebody crosses you, You won't ever have that chance again. I am so thankful that on that night, when those men made such a horrible show of things, the Lord didn't write them off, but he made room. The unexpected, the things that you cannot see, how they would respond to such an hour, They no doubt were embarrassed by their own behavior. And he made room because he understands human limitations. Amen. Maybe we ought to also. Praise God. Maybe we ought to also. Maybe we need to remember what it was that we needed when we came and try to help recreate that kind of atmosphere because it worked for you. You're here tonight. And if we can keep that kind of atmosphere and that kind of love and make room for those who are not at their best, our church isn't going to be taken down. It's going to be lifted up. It's going to be a better place. How many times have I failed? How many times have you fallen? How many times have you come short? How many of us even tonight are not at our best? And when we're not, our attitudes show up. Praise God. Don't, don't, don't put in concrete all of that. 
Make some room. Your humanity. They were good men. They were good men. They were caught in an unexpected moment. And they failed. And aren't you glad that he made allowances for their failure? Praise God. I'm asking you tonight, church, do you have a margin for error in your life? And do we still as a church have a margin for those that are not at their best? Amen. That makes some people uncomfortable because we like rules. We like legislation until it has to do with us. And then we want mercy. Let's stand together. Amen. What a better place this is because allowance was made. Amen. When I look at my own life and I think of my own shortcomings, I am so thankful that God has made room for my life. I'm thankful tonight that when I have not been at my best, somebody slipped up close to me and put an arm around me and said, you know what, I believe in you. I pray for you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Would you just close your eyes for just a moment and just thank God for his mercy? Could you do that? Is there anybody in this house that knows anything about the mercy of God? Is there anybody here tonight that knows that if it had not been for that mercy, you would not be here? Some of you are crossed up with people. Some of you have got attitude problems. And I'm not being mean. I'm I'm just saying you've allowed attitudes to grow up in your heart for, for the very thing that in your own life at a previous time somebody made allowance for. Why can't we be that way tonight? Why can't we remember mercy and let mercy triumph over judgment? Why can't we swallow some things and just say, you know what? I know that that's not the kind of person that one is. You know, it's amazing how many people ruin their lives over one moment or one thing and they get crossed up with people and they live crossed up for 30 years. When really they just need to go back and make some room. Make some room. Let mercy work. Amen. All of us are really grace projects. And I believe one of the great revelations of eternity is going to be that just how much grace it took to get us there. And I'm afraid that for me, I don't know about you, but for me it's going to have taken a whole lot of grace. Amen. I'm so thankful that people have made room for me and made room for you. And there's still room. Amen. Do I want you to do better? Absolutely. Do I expect more of you? Absolutely. But if you don't measure up to everything that I'm expecting out of you, I'm not going to cut you off and run you out on a rail. 
I'm going to take you back to the throne of grace and say, God, I know there's something better in that person. It may not be showing right now, but I know there's something better there. Amen. There's something better. Thank you for mercy, Lord. Come on, let's pray right now. Thank you for mercy. Oh, thank you for grace. Thank you for goodness. Thank you for love that is unending. Thank you for your help tonight, God. Lord, I I, I believe there is someone here in this building right now who feels isolated. They feel like they have been marginalized by life. They've not been at their best. They've let attitudes and spirits and things get in the way. God, would you show them tonight that same mercy and would you help us to show them that same kind of mercy and make room in our lives for them to reach out, Lord, and love them the way that you have loved us, to, to care for them the way that you have cared for us. Touch, Lord, every heart in this building as we make room for one more One more. Yes, Lord.